Well, hi, friends. This is Matthew Dowling, and I am your host for The Preacher Cast, a discussion of Christianity, the church, and life in Christ. This is the October 29th, 2021 edition of The Preacher Cast, and today we'll be looking at a number of items in the news. As always, today's discussion will be rooted in the Holy Bible, the inerrant and infallible Word of God. After the news, we turn our attention to the theology segment of the Preacher Cast, where I begin a series of mini lessons on the end times. Now, before we turn to the podcast, let me remind you that you can check out my blog and take advantage of the resources there. You can access my website at matthewdowling.org. You can subscribe to the Preacher Cast over at anchor.fm. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash PreacherCast, and you can access previous episodes of the podcast. You can subscribe to the PreacherCast on Apple iTunes or on all major podcast distributors. Also, if you would like to support my ministry financially so I can expand my biblical teaching online, I am on Patreon. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as $2 per month. Just surf on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Matthew Dowling. That is M-A-T-T-H-E-W-D-O-W-L-I-N-G. Okay, let's turn our attention to this week's news and analysis. We learned this week that Chinese Christians seek compensation for demolished house. A Chinese Christian in Yunnan province has been removed from his post at church by the communist government because he's been protesting the forced demolition of his home. China Aid reports that the authorities forcibly demolished Kai Yiduo's house last year without providing any compensation. In response, Kai demanded to be compensated. Yet the local communist officials, the committee of the Three Self-Patriotic Movement Church, and the Christian Council removed him from his teaching position at the nine churches in Jiake Village this month. He is also banned from participating in the state-vetted three self-churches, where he has served since 1996. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We learned this week that Representative Jim Jordan spoke to the Attorney General of the United States and said this, Let our parents speak freely. The National School Board Association, a leftist union, is furious that concerned parents are showing up at public school board meetings and daring to denounce sexually explicit, racist, and America-bashing curriculum. That's why the group asked Attorney General Merrick Garland to intervene. The school board association claims that they are concerned about alleged violence without a shred of evidence. A week ago today, Republican Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio called a recent Department of Justice memo directing the FBI to look out for violence at school board meetings, quote, the last straw, end quote, of political interference in the law. He believes that the National School Board Association's real agenda is to squelch the freedom of speech of concerned parents. 
Be in prayer about what's happening around our country. There is plenty of political strife and many times aimed at parents themselves as they try to advocate for their children. Now infamous, Alec Baldwin accidentally killed a cinematographer and injured a director. One week ago, Alec Baldwin fatally shot a cinematographer on a Santa Fe, New Mexico film set with a gun that a crew member had assured the actor was safe, this according to reports from the Associated Press. An assistant director, Dave Halls, grabbed a prop gun off a cart at a desert movie ranch and handed it to the actor, Alec Baldwin, during a rehearsal for the Western film Russ. Halls yelled out, cold gun, declaring the weapon did not carry live rounds and was ready to fire. But it turns out it wasn't. When Baldwin pulled the trigger, he unwittingly killed 42-year-old cinematographer Helena Hutchins and wounded director Joel Souza, who was standing beside her inside a wooden chapel like building. Baldwin tweeted this quote, There are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, a wife, mother, and deeply admired colleague of ours. I'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tragedy occurred, and I am in touch with her husband, offering my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband, their son, and all who knew and loved Helena, end quote. We learned this week from gospel musician C.C. Uh, Winans, excuse me, we need to stay rooted in the Word of God. Last Friday night's broadcast of the 52nd Annual Dove Awards, we learned gospel singer Cece Winans, a 12-time Grammy Award winner, won Gospel Artist of the Year, this according to reports from the Christian Post. She performed a rousing rendition of her song, Believe For It. When asked for her advice to up-and-coming artists, Winans, age 57, stressed the importance of staying rooted in a deep, lasting relationship with Jesus and connecting with a local church. She said this, quote, It's not easy to be an artist. It's so important that you really have a relationship with him. And not just out there singing a song, because you're going to face hard times. You want to be anchored in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Well, let's take our first break, and when we come back, we'll continue our news and analysis for the week that was. Thank you for tuning in to The Preacher Cast. We learned this week that North Korea is facing a food shortage. According to a recent UN report coming up, 860,000 tons short this year. The lack of food could impact millions. The problem has been exacerbated by a trade blockade, international pressure imposed on the rogue nation for its ongoing nuclear arms development. Last Tuesday, the North Korean military launched a nuclear missile test intended for use on a submarine. The missile traveled 360 miles. We also learned this week that the nation of Gandhi has turned violent. Yes, indeed, India is turning into one of the most brutal and unsafe countries for Christians. This according to reports from the Christian Post. 
The United Christian Forum documents that in 2021, there have already been 300 acts of violence unleashed on Christians in 21 different states. If this trend continues, 2021 will likely surpass the highest number of Christian persecution incidents documented in a single year. This rate is about twice the average 300-per-year incidents witnessed since Prime Minister Modi and his Hindu nationalist Bharatiya Janata Party rose to power. We learned this week that American home values have dropped for three months. Is the housing bubble bursting now? Well, the median price of homes in America has dropped to $352,800, marking a three-month decline in the metric. This according to reports from WallStreet.com. The median home price increased from $270,000 to $360,000 between January of 2020 and July of 2021. We also learned this week that Americans are not going back to work. The labor rate participation rate still lags around 61.5%, well below the 63.4% pre-COVID level. That's 3 million people still not working in America. There are an estimated 8.4 million unemployed in the United States and over 10 million job openings not yet filled. And workers are quitting their jobs at the fastest rate in history. In August, 4.3 million quit their jobs. We also have learned that college student loans have skyrocketed to $1.73 trillion. The aggregate college student loan programs have now topped that whopping number, $1.73 trillion, that's trillion with a T, reports according to CNBC.com. That is a whopping 8% of the gross domestic product, up from 2.8% of the GDP in 2003. A staggering 43 million Americans are now saddled by college debt. We also learned this week that China is now discouraging abortion. In fact, they're doing so because evidently China's birth rate is in rapid decline. Chinese mothers gave birth to just 12 million babies in 2020, down from 14.65 million babies in 2019. The fertility rate in China is 1.3. Now, the communist country that once forced about 300 million abortions is discouraging abortion. In September, the Chinese State Council announced plans to reduce the rate of abortions needed for non-medical reasons. This according to reports from Voice of America News. China's fertility rate is about the lowest in the world, competing with Singapore, Taiwan, South Korea, Italy, Spain, Puerto Rico, and the Ukraine. Nations still exceeding the replacement rate include Papua New Guinea, Pakistan, Israel, the Philippines, most of Africa, Muslim countries, and half of South America. The United States fertility rate is estimated now at 1.5, falling off from 1.7 during the COVID year. We're going to continue our news with uh, some news from just north of the border. But first, Nigerian Muslims have killed 40 Christians this last month. They need our prayers, the church in Nigeria. Fulani Muslim militants killed 40 Christians in Nigeria last month, reporting uh, reports according to International Christian Concern. For years, they have attacked Christians and taken their land for farming. Sadly, the Nigerian government continues to allow the violence to go on and even supports it at times.
As I was saying about our neighbors north of the border, Canadian COVID police arrest another pastor. Yes, that's right. Canadian officials have arrested yet another pastor for holding worship services in violation of the Canadian COVID-19 restrictions. Police arrested Pastor Tobias Tissen of the Church of God Restoration this month over a health order that banned outdoor gatherings of over five people. We need to be in prayer for what's happening in uh, Canada. We need to be in prayer for what's happening to the church in Canada. So many, many Christians have been arrested up there, especially pastors, for just exercising their right to express their religious faith. Ephesians 6 verses 12 through 13 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." We also learned this week that 12 states are going to sue President Biden over abortion funding. On Monday, in fact, 12 states filed suit against the Biden administration over a new rule that restores Title X family planning funding to abortion mills. President Donald Trump had ended the abortion funding, but the Department of Health and Human Services recently restored it. Ohio Republican Attorney General David Yost led the suit, joined by 11 other states. Well, we've learned this fall as public schools are returning to full-time in-person learning this year. Well, many parents are not re-enrolling their children. Cities like Los Angeles, Chicago, and Seattle are seeing fewer enrollments for a second year in a row. In fact, enrollment in Los Angeles Unified School District dropped by 27,000 students this year, compared to last year, a 6% decline. Chicago public school enrollment is also down significantly by 10,000 students compared to last fall. And Seattle public schools started out this school year with 1,300 fewer students, costing it $28 million in state funding. Well, the 400-year-old Reformed Church in America decided this month to restructure because of division over sexually perverted lifestyles. The Reformed Church in America plans to reorganize churches based on ideology instead of geography. This would allow groups within the denomination to ordain homosexuals and to support faux homosexual marriage. Already, 125 churches in the denomination have expressed interest in learning and joining the Alliance of Reformed Churches instead. And finally, a study by Probe Ministries found 70% of people who self-identify as born-again Christians do not agree that Jesus is the only way to God. The study identified this demographic as those who made a personal commitment to Jesus and believe they will go to heaven because they have confessed their sins and accepted Jesus as their Savior. Since the year 2010, more and more of self-identified born-again Christians are pluralists, pluralists believing that there are multiple ways to God. However, Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
After the break, we're going to come back and we're going to be thinking about the end times. This is the beginning of a 10-part mini-lesson series on the end times and Bible prophecy, and I think you're going to tune in for this each week. You're going to enjoy it here on the Preacher Cast because, indeed, we are living in very interesting times, and we need to be thinking about the return of Christ. We'll come back with more of that after the break. Welcome back, my friends. As I said before the break, we're going to be thinking about the end times. And really, as we talk about the end times, we're going to be talking about the Bible and what the Bible says about how the end of all things will unfold. Now, in order to begin thinking about and discussing this important topic, we really need to ask a question here in this week's episode of the Preacher Cast, and that is, what is Bible prophecy and why is it such a big deal? When it, when it comes to Bible prophecy, there's really no shortage of speculation, even sensationalism. You'll find everything from doomsday preachers predicting the end of the world to quirky kind of prophecy nerds that are propagating conspiracy theories about clandestine secret societies and the Antichrist. And, you know, often there appears to be more confusion than clarity. But that's not really the way God intended it. Though there are some Bible prophecies that do require deeper study to understand, most prophecies are relatively easy to grasp because God's Word is clear on so much of what is said. So let's begin by defining Bible prophecy and just get our brains kind of into this very interesting part of scriptural study. Now, very simply, Bible prophecy is God's plan revealed ahead of time. You know, like movie trailers, various prophecies often sneak previews of things to come. But of course, unlike a fictional movie, prophecy tells us what's actually going to happen. That's why some refer to it as history written in advance. If you'd like to think about Bible prophecy as simply defined as possible, it's history written in advance. Now, in the Old Testament, where we first encounter Bible prophecy, prophets were given truth about the future. Things like the future Messiah. They were told about his birth, his ministry, even his death and resurrection. And you know, in the New Testament, prophecies were proclaimed by John the Baptist. In fact, John, or excuse me, Jesus, uh, Paul, Peter, and John, who addressed from their perspective events in both the near and distant future, also offered prophecy. And so, of course, we know the New Testament had much to say and has much to say about our future. Now, when we come to the last book of the Bible, that is the book that most people think about. We encounter an entire catalog of prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. In fact, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, the Apostle John, who wrote the Revelation, was told to write down the things that will take place. Notice the future tense there, right? 
It's important to note that only God can accurately foretell the future. Not psychics, not soothsayers, or even Satan himself, right? But remember what the prophet Daniel declared. He said, There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. And that's Daniel 2, verse 28. So God doesn't merely know what's going to take place. He actually causes these things to occur. And of course, in the Bible, you have the perfect text for biblical prophecy, because in Scripture, God revealed his future plans to his prophets in nearly every book of the Bible. He did this through dreams. He did it through visions, appearances, even direct revelation. And so today, of course, with our Bibles, we have the completed revelation of God in Scripture, which includes about 1,000 prophecies that relate to Jesus and the end times. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Of those 1,000 prophecies, around 500 are yet unfulfilled. So clearly, Our God is a God of prophecy. Now, I don't know where you are in Bible prophecy, if you've ever studied it before or thought about it, but I want to offer you some reasons here on the Preacher Cast why you should uh, care about Bible Bible prophecy. You know, I'm just going to lay it out here and give you some things to think about, because really, if you're a Christian, you should deeply care about Bible prophecy. So we may wonder, why is prophecy such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal. When reading and studying or talking about the Bible, we typically spend a lot of time looking back to what God did in the past. But you know, God also wants us to look forward to see what he's going to do in the future and to understand how that affects our lives today. So let me give you seven compelling reasons Bible prophecy is very important. The first is Bible prophecy is in the Bible. And we know every verse is profitable for all believers. Paul tells us that in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. Now, this may sound kind of a bit obvious, but if God chose to include something in Scripture, then it plays an important role in revealing God and his plans for history. Okay? And so it's in the Bible, and so prophecy is important. But you know, number two, maybe you don't know, prophecy makes up about 28% of the entire Bible. In fact, if you remove prophecy from God's word and you have, you do that, well, you have gutted a significant portion of scripture's supernatural character. In fact, consider the following. One out of every 30 verses in the New Testament contains prophecy. There are about 8,000 total verses that are prophetic in nature, 23 out of 27 New Testament books mention the second coming of Jesus, which is a future event. It hasn't happened yet. In fact, for each verse that mentions the first coming of Jesus, there are eight verses that mention his second coming. Now, the first prophecy you may not realize was in the book of Genesis. The first prophecy about Christ appears in Genesis 3.15. And I don't know if you know this, but there are 333 prophecies concerning Christ. Of those, 109 were fulfilled at his first coming. That leaves 224 prophecies, for you math nerds, yet to be fulfilled. Now, the third reason we should care about Bible prophecy is, according to Jesus, every word and letter of Scripture will eventually come to pass. Jesus says that in Matthew 5, verses 17 and 18. 
In fact, every Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah was fulfilled literally and exactly as Scripture predicted. So given this perfect track record, it stands to reason that every future prophecy will also be fulfilled literally and exactly as the Bible foretells. You know, the Bible, it's batting a thousand. It has never once missed on any point of prophecy. Every single one so far has been fulfilled down to the most minute detail. And the same will be true for the 500 prophecies with future fulfillments. Now, when we think about prophecy, we think about the last book of the Bible, don't we? The last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation. I don't know if you know this, but the last book of the Bible is 95% prophecy. You know, authors are very careful about how they end their books, considering the best ways to leave a lasting impact on the reader. Well, God, the inspirer, the very verbal inspirer of Scripture, he concluded his written revelation to man the same way. He could have ended his book any way he wanted, and yet he chose to do so by giving us a heads up on future history. And we know that last words are lasting words, and God must want us to know about the future because his final word to us, the book of Revelation, is all about that. Now, this brings us to the fifth reason why we should care about Bible prophecy. Another reason prophecy is such a big deal is because God doesn't want his children to be uninformed about the end times. Now, why is that? Well, it's because ignorance or even lack of information, it leads to weakness. You know, ignorance about the future can give rise to fear and anxiety and uncertainty. It also makes us vulnerable to misleading information, false teachers, errant beliefs, sensationalism, speculation, conspiracy theories, even baseless predictions. Thankfully, our fears about the future can be conquered by reading God's prophetic word and trusting him to accomplish it. Now, reason number six we should care about biblical prophecy is it's a big deal because of the times in which we live. At no time since Jesus walked the earth is end times prophecy more likely to be fulfilled than it is right now. Now, we're going to think a little bit more about this in future episodes of the Preacher Cast, but here's the thing. The signs of the times, as described in Scripture, give every indication that we are living in the last days. And since the book of Revelation's realities could be just around the corner, the relevance of Bible prophecy has never been more real to Christians. Now, the final reason prophecy is a big deal is because of what it does for you and me. In fact, Bible prophecy gives us clarity. It gives us confidence. It gives us faith. In fact, the strength of our faith is directly proportionate to what we know about the object of our faith. If we know that God is on his throne, guiding history towards its appointed end, then we can rest in knowing that not only does he hold the future, but us as well. And so studying prophecy, it never breeds fear. It only builds faith. It gives us hope. In fact, in the Bible, hope is not a wish, but rather a confident expectation. And we know that Jesus' return for his bride is called the blessed hope in Titus 2, verse 13. All throughout the New Testament, there are dozens of verses that speak of the bride's expectation for that return. And we know that hope will not be disappointed. Finally, it's a big deal because Bible prophecy gives us love for Jesus. 
That's right. When you study Bible prophecy, it leads you straight to Christ. That's because the ultimate point of prophecy is the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Bible prophecy reveals the character and heart of the God we worship. So the more you study prophecy, the more you will be drawn into a closer and more intimate relationship with your Savior. So as you can see, God's prophetic plan for the future is a plan that greatly affects you as well. This is why Bible prophecy isn't on the optional menu for Christians, but rather is an essential part of our spiritual nourishment. And we're going to be talking about that together. Well, I appreciate you for joining me for this October 29th, 2021 edition of the Preacher Cast. We've looked at some items in the news and we've thought about the end time. So that's a pretty good run this time. Let me remind you, if you'd like to support my ministry financially, that is the Strengthened by Grace Ministries, you can help me expand my biblical teaching online for as little as $2 per month. If you want to surf on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Matthew Dowling, you can contribute financially to the ministry there. Until next time, friends, though, may God bless you.